Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the beautiful Mariana Atencio. Mariana has established herself as the next generation storyteller, a Peabody award-winning journalist, content creator, and entrepreneur with a fresh perspective reflecting her diverse community. The best-selling author with a viral TEDx talk of 14 million plus views was awarded the National Association of Hispanic Journalist President's Award and is described by the Huffington Post as one of the top young voices in American newsrooms and among Adweek's young influentials. A former anchor and reporter at NBC and Univision, she has appeared on the BBC, The Today Show, Good Morning America, The Daily Show, and is currently featured on the award-winning HBO series, Hubbler Now, as one of the leaders defining the Latin experience in America. Her first book, Perfectly You, Embracing the Power of Being Real, was an Apple Select memoir and an Amazon bestseller for Latino biographies. She recently wrote op-ends for the New York Times and Oprah magazine on being a first-generation Latina. Fortune 500 companies such as Microsoft, Citibank, LinkedIn, Airbnb, Spotify and the United Nations Girl Up Summit, among others, have enlisted Mariana to share her takeaways on effective and authentic storytelling. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Mariana Atencio. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hola, Catherine. I'm so excited to be on with you and so excited to say hola to all of your listeners in Australia and the rest of the world. Yeah, no, I should be saying hola. We were just having a conversation before we uh, jumped in um, just to explain to our listeners that uh, the beautiful Mariana is from Venezuela and uh, so is my husband. So we were just sharing some information and stories which I'm sure we're going to really unpack uh, during this interview which I'm really really excited as you probably can tell. So let's get into it. The first question we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share her unique story. So Mariana tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? 
Well, you already said it. I was born in the beautiful Caracas, Venezuela, which to me is a place that has always been filled with nature and magic and wonder. And I grew up lucky enough to have a family, especially my dad, who really wanted me to appreciate my hometown, but also opened the doors of the world to me. And one day when I was very young, I'm the oldest of three, I went to my Catholic school in, in Venezuela, which was very traditional, obviously. And one day he said to me, I want you to get to know what's out there in the rest of the world. I was around six or seven years old. And Catherine, he put me and my little sister on a plane from Caracas, Venezuela. Think about, we didn't have the internet at the time, no social media, put us on a plane from Caracas all the way to Brainerd, Minnesota. So for people that know the geography of the United States, the lake on the other side of this place where he sent us to looked out to Canada. So that's how far it was. And as a little seven-year-old, he sent us to summer camp to get to know the language, to get to know English. I thank him to this day for this tool that has allowed me to, to travel the world and cover the world. And as a seven-year-old, I understood then that I was different, that belonging takes time and effort, and that there was a wonderful vehicle through which to do it and to tell people who I was and this wonderful land that I came from, which was storytelling. And a whole new world opened up for me because my dad kept repeating this summer camp experiment, if you will, for about six or seven years, remote places in the United States and then the world. We also did it in England for a summer. We did it in France for a summer. And I would go back home to my Catholic school with the nuns and my traditional upbringing, and I would tell my friends all about these new places and these adventures that I had experienced out there in the world. So I think that's where my calling as a storyteller began, and really as a storyteller that likes to promote bridges of understanding, which is so needed nowadays, to make people realize that we're more alike than different. The years went by, I was a college student dreaming of being a journalist, because naturally that's where I took my storytelling inclination, and the government in Venezuela had grown more and more repressive. I'm sure you've heard the stories from your husband. One day they shut down the biggest television station in our country. I went out as a college student to protest for press freedom and freedom of speech because I knew that the people in the poorest neighborhoods were actually going to be the ones affected the most. And it was in that moment that I realized I was going to have to flee to be able to make something of my life and when I moved to the United States and finally made it on television as a journalist, it was my storytelling journey complete in now telling people here about my homeland and about the community that I've come to represent and be a part of, the Latino community in the United States and around the world. Mm, so beautiful. And I think, Mariana, for our listeners, I really um, loved what you shared, um, which was uh, the first chapter of your book. What was that pivot point that made you flee from your own hometown? Did you want to so share that and a little bit about your book? Uh, it's called Perfectly You for our listeners, Embracing the Power of Being Real. 
I have it here. I wrote it in Spanish and English, perfectly you, o perfectamente tú. This book took me, Catherine, around 10 book tour stops around the U.S. and the world. It was selected by Apple Books, uh, selected by Audible, an Amazon bestseller. So I, I still look at it. I have it in my hand right now, and, and it just makes me tear up because I can't believe it. Um, and as a woman, of course, you know, the moment you say, I'm going to write a book, there's always those, and even our own imposter that goes, is anybody going to want to read what you have to say? Yes. I mean, you're 34, 35 years old. Who do you think you are to be writing an inspirational memoir? So when I still look at it and I remember little girls in bookstores looking at it and, and feeling empowered by it, it's, it's still unbelievable to me. But the first chapter, and when I really sat down to, to write this book, I said, well, what was that moment in my life where there was a crossroads and I made a decision that took me here. Um, it was that summer of protests and upheaval in my country. I'm protesting as a college student. We were getting tear gassed, you know, just outside of our university gates. And one Saturday I lived near a hike, a beautiful hike because Caracas is a, is a valley. So surrounded by mountains. And I remember I told my mom, Mommy, I'm going to go out on a hike because I really need to clear my head. And it wasn't unusual. We did it all the time. There were always families there. Beautiful Saturday. I'm going up the hike and this man next to me in this corner of the woods where all of a sudden there wasn't anybody else for some reason, pulls out a gun from his shorts, points it at my head, tells me to kneel down on the ground. And I still... Uh, shake when I remember this. And he said, count to 100. So as I began to count, uno, dos, tres, with the dirt in my knees and just literally sweating from nervousness, I made a vow to myself. I said, if I reach to 100 and I'm alive, what am I going to do with this life? My family has worked so hard to give me all of these privileges and, 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 and I know English so well, it's just an amazing opportunity. What am I doing? What am I going to do with all this? And I remember my dad always used to tell me, and those words resonated in my mind at the time. He always used to say with great privileges come great responsibilities. What are you going to do? Show me you can, what are you going to do with these gifts that I gave you? So as soon as I reached 100, I ran down the hill and a week later, I was applying to journalism programs in the United States. And I always say it was a God thing because I got an email that changed my life from Columbia University saying, Dear Miss Atencio, you've just been awarded a scholarship to attend our university for journalism. And thus my journey began here in the United States. And it's taken me to this day. Wow, I've got goosebumps over goosebumps and I'm sure our listeners, as they're listening to this, um, are experiencing the same thing. So, Mariana, you were talking about uh, when you wrote your book, you know, who's going to read this? You know, the whole imposter syndrome steps in and I've been there, I know exactly what you're talking about. How do you beat the imposter syndrome? What was your trick? Hi, Catherine. It still happens to me to this day. I have won a Peabody Award. I have a viral TED Talk, the book, been on national television, but it's incredible. We are 
so prone to self-sabotaging, especially as women. You know, it happens to 70, 80% of the population, especially those who are smart. So I'm very sure it happens to you as well. And, you know, I noticed it in two moments of my life that were supposed to be milestones, achievements. And it was the moment that I entered that classroom at Columbia University where there were, you know, some of the brightest minds in storytelling and journalism from all over the world, really incredible Australian students and classmates that I still keep in touch with, by the way, and you guys are amazing. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I think they made a mistake in accepting me. Everybody else is so much more experienced and talented than I am. And the same thing happened to me at NBC News, Catherine, when I finally made it to this national network, being the only Latina on MSNBC, I walked into that room and I said, again, I think they made a mistake in offering me this job. So for the women out there, my trick is this. Every time you enter a room and you feel like you're sabotaging yourself, you have to remind yourself that you, through your hard work, and determination have earned the right to be in that room. So I take a beat. Sometimes I even go to the restroom for a moment, wash my face, look at myself in the mirror and say, I can, I will, I belong. I belong to every room I enter. And you just heard me make a little clap because I say it as a battle cry, as like a form of prayer sometimes. I just look at myself in the mirror and say, I can, I will, I belong. Another little trick for you ladies out there, and, and the guys have experienced this as well, record yourself on your phone in a moment of just triumph and high energy, repeating this battle cry, this prayer, and then if you need it, have that video ready on your phone to remind yourself that you have earned the right to enter every room that you're in. Mm, I like that. I really do. And I'm sitting here with a smile on my face because, Mariana, when you speak, it just reminds me when I'm around my husband's family, when they speak, it's like they sing. There's this tone to their – it's it's so beautiful. I can't I, – I don't – I'm not sure if you can hear it yourself, but there's a real tonal – sound like it's it's beautiful it's like a dance and um so I could really relate to what you were saying and look you know it doesn't matter uh, I think my, we've had lots of amazing women from all over the world on the show and who, who actually do second guess themselves who doubt themselves who has this imposter syndrome that steps in um but everyone has their own trick to how they dance with it, I guess, or how they work with it. So I love the fact that you use clapping and movement as a way to shake yourself out of it. Totally. Whenever mm. you so need to free your mind, I always turn up a little salsa music and I start dancing around my house, sometimes do it around the office, the home office, because it's just a great way to get your body moving. And sometimes that's what your mind needs to shake off these bad ideas and feelings that, again, the only person that has brought it upon yourself is you. So mm -hmm. it, it lives between here and here. And I'm touching both my temples right now as I say that. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's also understanding that it does, everything has a purpose. So understanding what is the purpose of my imposter syndrome how is it serving me because it's not always a bad thing it's not always negative it's a, it's it's for us to really start uh, integrating it and the only way to do that is understand 
what it is its purpose. Because um, I know for me, when we came to Australia, I was only seven, but I couldn't speak the language. And we lived in a hostel for two years. And we weren't even allowed to go. My sister and I were not allowed to go to a primary school until we could speak English. And wow. I know that even then when going to school, just to try to speak uh, when, you know, like show and tell or speak up or read out loud, people used to always make fun of me. So, you know, sometimes these things you carry uh, from a very young age, which is through your development years, but it doesn't serve me anymore today. So it's it's really today, Catherine. What is what is your first language? Is it French? It is. My my natal tongue is French, but I've been here long so long. Um, I have all my family in France, and when I go there and spend some time there, it's it's like I'd never left. But it's it's one of those things you've got to practice the language. Do you find that too, living in the US, not speaking Spanish? Or do you speak Spanish every day? Well, I now find myself in this very warm, kind city called Miami, which is almost like the informal capital of South America in the United States, 70% Hispanic. So it's actually the opposite that happens to me sometimes where my whole team, and I'm proud to say, is comprised of women uh, immigrant women, Latina women and th at that. And sometimes we're all, ¿Y entonces qué es lo que tenemos que hacer mañana? ¿Cuál es la prioridad del día? In Spanish. And then whenever I have to give an interview for a, for a national network or go out on television or for a speech, then I'm having to switch. So the code switching really happens all the time. But I am also proud to say that I speak a little French. So maybe I can practice with you on here. So oh. you can tell me how... I would love that. I would love that. Actually, you know, as you were speaking, my husband was saying to me um, that because he doesn't speak every day with, with his brothers, so he doesn't speak Spanish every day, that when he does speak Spanish, which happens to me too, you have to be really conscious because it's, it's in, like, for example, in French, everything's back the front. It's in the opposite direction. And I, and I know that it, um, it's very similar to Spanish as well. Yes. But again, I think it's, it's um, and that's been what I've discovered last 10 years of my life. I used to hide those things, you know, especially trying to succeed in, in media as a woman. I used to want to try to blend in with everybody else. If you see some of the earlier clips of me, and there's one on YouTube where I go, this is Mariana Atencio reporting live for you. And I, and I look at that clip nowadays and I, and I look at my chubby baby face and I say, oh my God, I was so lost, you know, changing my name, the very essence of my power. Whereas fast forward 10 years later, I remember being on NBC News and grabbing onto the mic and saying, this is Mariana coming to you live and using my Spanish to walk with migrants who were fleeing Central America or to cover a deadly hurricane in Puerto Rico or an earthquake in Mexico City and using those skills, which is what made me unique, um, to build those bridges of understanding. So for everybody out there that has thought, oh, I have this accent or, you know, sometimes I switch from one to the other and I don't do it seamlessly or it's not perfect or take it, you know, take the same lesson regarding our physical appearance, which sometimes we're very, um, you know, hard on anything you do that isn't perfect is just a reflection of how beautifully 
perfectly you, you are. And that shouldn't be hidden. It should be shouted from the rooftops. And that's also imposter syndrome work that I've had to do in the last decade is understanding why don't I feel adequate? Why do I feel like I'm not enough sometimes? And it's been embracing this perfectly imperfect being that I am, which is what I would love everybody who is listening to start to do. I think that sort of also links into fear of what others may think or or feel about you. And I think that sometimes we can be so externally focused that it, it stops us being from uh, st- stop us uh, being our authentic self because we try to be somebody else. We try to be something else rather than being our authentic self. And I think even with me, when I speak French, my mum says to me, tu parles français comme une vache espagnole. <laughs> and, 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 and for those, it's just uh, for those that don't understand is my mum used to always say, you speak French like a Spanish cow because I have this accent. And so when I go to France, I, um, I do, I, I, I do have people who say, where's your accent from? I, you're from, cause I am from South of France. Uh, and, but I, I'm, I'm, that's who I am. I don't try to be anything else. I'm I always, you know, share that I am I'm living in Australia. I've been away from France for quite some time, but as embarrassing as it comes across sometimes, I'm just being me. Absolutely. And you're just so beautiful and beaming, Catherine. And I loved hearing you. Um, let me try something. Let's see. J'aime bien ton français. Ah, merci beaucoup. Oui, c'est très bien. J'aime bien. <laughs> so I love your French is what Marianne was <laughs> just saying. I love your French and thank you for inspiring us. Um, I, You're so on point with this fear of other people's opinion. I call it FOPO, fear of other people's opinion. And it just can rule our lives so much. And it starts ever since we're little kids. I mean, I grew up in a very traditional household. Um, You know, my mom is a very beautiful, elegant lady, very conservative. And I remember that I, I was even afraid to tell her that I wanted to be a journalist on television because it wasn't something that young girls in my society did. It was considered a very dangerous profession. Obviously it still is in in parts of the world, like the one where I come from. And I remember that my mom wanted me to be a dentist because she used to say, you know, a proper girl like you, you can have your own practice and then have kids. And, And I just remember thinking nothing against dentists, but I remember thinking like, I don't want to have my mouth, my hand in people's mouths all day. <laughs> That's not what I want. I want to be running around, jumping off planes and covering the news. And I even went into advertising first because I was so ashamed of telling people what I really wanted and telling my society and, and, and my parents that I wanted to go my own way. So I wasted precious years of my life just because of this fear of other people's opinion. So now what I tell young people, and I get invited to speak at a lot of Fortune 50 companies and top universities where young people and women, especially of all ages, are experiencing the same thing. You know who you are, you know what you want, but you are so afraid of what other people are going to think when you say that out loud. And I tell them, nobody's going to tap you on the shoulder and ask you, hey, Catherine, what is it that you would love to do? We want to make your dream come true. You have to shout your dream from the rooftops and who you really are for the world to listen. So how does one do that? Because I know that whether it's imposter syndrome, second guessing ourselves or what, whatever, it could be fear even, how does one really tap into their authentic self? You know, 
the biggest thing that I've found, and this is something that I practice daily and I practice with my team as well, people don't know themselves. Women don't know themselves. We are not taught to spend time with ourselves when really we have to treat ourselves like the love of our lives. We are the ones that are going to spend the most time with us. This is the longest relationship you are going to have. But people don't even spend a couple of minutes thinking, well, gee, Catherine, what, what makes me unique? What is it that I like about myself? You know, it was for me in one of the lowest moments of my life after moving to the United States, which is when I found myself out of a job during the recession here in 2008, which is similar to kind of what we saw last year with the economy and everything. My visa depended on that job. I was so afraid that I was going to have to go back to Venezuela as a failure. That's the other concept that we're so afraid of is this idea of failure when we don't realize that failure is a necessary stepping stone to success. It was in that moment of apparent failure when I had nothing else to lose that I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, well, what do I even bring to the table anyway? Like, who am I? What makes me special? And I started making a list, which is what I tell people to do. If you're listening to us right now, grab your phone, grab the notes application, grab any piece of paper, any notebook and start writing. What makes you, you start with the things you like, but also the things you may not like and realize that, you know, as mothers, as wives, as employees, entrepreneurs, we spend so much time analyzing products and performance, other people, we are the first ones to sell somebody else. Oh my God, Catherine, your hair looks beautiful today. I love that you are so smart in meetings when you pitch ideas and we are so relentless with ourselves. We can't even pay ourselves a compliment. So get to know you, spend some time with you and make a list, start making that list of those ingredients to what I call your secret sauce. And then the next step is to start just saying them out loud. Mm, I guess for our listeners too, uh, Mariana has a TEDx talk or TED talk, I should say, what makes you special with 14 million views, which really links into what you're saying about or, or, or suggesting that we do um, to focus on the things that makes you special. Absolutely. And see them as, you know, even, which is what I talk about in that TED talk, having to analyze challenges in my life regarding my own family, things that I didn't like, processes that I'd gone through and realizing, well, all of this makes me who I am. As you were saying before, it serves a purpose and I need to find the purpose that this served me. So by making that list, which is still, still something that I teach, but then going ahead, which is the second phase of this, going ahead and putting it out there, building confidence around it. And right now, all of us have a phone in our hands. We have LinkedIn accounts, we have social media accounts. Many of us are now really being entrepreneurs from home because of you know, the, the, the past year that we experienced. There are many women out there that are doing marketing, that are in sales, that are putting their own products and dreams and services out there. You need to integrate this list into what you're doing, into your family dynamics, into your conversations with your group of friends to really come into your own and, and 
that's where the subtitle of my book comes to light. Tap into that power of being real. Because once you do, Catherine, there's no stopping you. Mm, absolutely. And I think I'm uh, thinking about what you were talking about, the fear of failure, going back to your country. When you have a look at what's what's the purpose of the fear of failure, it really was a driver. It was a motivator for you not to fail. So- it was, it was a, because I was so terrified, you know, my, I, I was an overachiever my whole life. The reason why I got a scholarship to, to study at Columbia University was because I'd been a straight A student my whole life. And, and I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to make my, my home country proud. And that didn't include going back as somebody who had graduated and then lost their job. That wasn't part of the story. And I used to just cry myself at night and say, this is so unfair. This is something that happened to me, you know, because it was something very much like what we're seeing now pertaining to the national economy and the global economy at the time. So I felt like I hadn't done anything wrong. And yet here I was experiencing this giant failure. One of the biggest lessons from that was learning that failure is a stepping stone to success. And I want people right now to really bring that concept home, envisioning a simple image, which is the bicycle that you learned how to ride a bike in. You'll remember, Catherine, that you didn't sip off on your first attempt and went, woo, I did it, mom and dad. No. Our bicycles, when we were little kids, the very first one usually had those little training wheels in the back. And I always tell people to remember those little training wheels, because if you don't go through the motions, if you don't go through the failures and the processes, there won't be a photo finish that your parents will have framed in the family living room of you riding the bicycle. Nobody zips off on their first attempt. Remember the training wheels as a metaphor for the necessity of going through the motions and going through the steps. Hmm. Mariana, it sounds like you've done a lot of deep work to get to where you are today because when you look at where you've come from and what you've achieved and you're massive at what you do, if you look back on your timeline and have a look at what was my biggest challenge, how did you overcome your biggest challenge when it was sitting right in front of you? Oh, that's a that's an important question. Um, I still sometimes can't believe everything that I've been able to do. Given that this is a podcast celebrating women, I also have to say that it would have not been possible without strong women like my mom, like my sister, and especially my business partner, who's a woman named Mirna, who in moments, Catherine, when, you know, I was a young whippersnapper reporter and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it on television. And there was nobody to really mentor me. She worked 20 years apart. So she took me under her wing and really believed in me and taught me a lot of the things that I know today. It is now together that we've co-founded a production company, Go Like, and now we're mentoring other women. So the power of a woman supporting another woman is just incredible. It's that, that is what makes us superheroes and super women. And she was there for me when I experienced probably the biggest challenge in my life, which was my dad passing away. Um, it happened. It's actually going to be three years to the day this Saturday. Um, 
I speak with my with my dad all the time because I, I very much sense him as a presence in everything I do. But going back to the first story that I told on this podcast, you know, this was the person who gave me wings to fly. So the way that I overcame the challenge of his physical passing was going back to that phrase that he would always say to me, what do you have to show for it? You know, I want to continue to make him proud. I want to continue to to make my home country proud. And now my new home here in the United States. And I know that's that's empowering women and young women at that. We are the game changers. And I'm already starting to see it with the women that I mentor. So the way that I overcome it is through hard work and creating positive ripple effects that will be spreading throughout the world, hopefully. So Mariana, for our listeners, what exactly do you do at Go Like to support women? So I love it because, and and your word is transformation, which is pivotal to me. In the last year, you know, after the book, the viral TED Talk, a successful career on television, one day I just decided to leave it all. I decided to walk away from a four-year contract at a national network to do what I thought was missing out there on television and in mainstream media, which is positive storytelling that is authentic to our voices as women and to our communities. And that meant, Catherine, as you know, transformation is never easy. That meant letting go of, I had to sell my house. I split up from my partner at the time and really coming into my own and saying, if I want to see this through to inspire other women, I have to let some things go and I have to double down on this idea, which is go like a multimedia production company to tell our positive stories as women, as women of color, but do it in a way that is first of all authentic, the way that I would have wished these stories would have been told on television. So television projects in terms of consulting, writing them, projects where I'm the main talent, we're actively working on that. We're writing more books because when I wrote Perfectly You and I went to the bookstores and little girls looked up at me, I realized, wow, so there aren't any books or hardly any with Latina figures, characters on the cover, telling our stories, much less cities like Miami, none of that. So we're really delving into books. And then the third um lane, if you will, which I'm extremely passionate about and has taken off in incredible ways, which is motivational speaking. I get hired now by companies such as Microsoft, Airbnb, NASDAQ, just wrapped UBS. I'm doing the Kellogg School of Management next week. It's it's just this thirst to inspire the next generation of women that are going to go out there and change the world. Wow, that's amazing. And Mariana, how do you do that? Because I know for in, we're in these very interesting times. Are you doing those speaks, um, those events virtually or face to face? So they were many of them were supposed to be face to face, and of course, just like everybody else, there you know there came a point last year, even with the television projects, where we said, "Uh oh, we have to quickly pivot." to be able to do these virtually. And that's my other lesson to listeners is, I think there's been two things to our success at Go Like, which was named one of the top 100 Latina-owned businesses in the United States last year. Our two secrets to success have been, one, diversification. 
I think in the, in this day and age, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. If I would have gone like, Oh, you know, Catherine, I'm a TV personality. So if I don't get something on TV, then I'm just going to sit here and cross my arms and wait for it to happen. That wouldn't have worked. Right. It was okay. TV is not really flowing right now because of the pandemic and obviously the safety measures and we can't travel. So let's double down on writing the books. Let's double down on our virtual keynote presentations. Let's double down on crafting social media campaigns that really presents an authentic voice as to who the Latina woman in the United States really is to the world. So diversification one. And then the other one I have to say has just been being relentless, you know, it's, there's, there's days when you wake up and, and I'm, I know I'm talking to all the entrepreneurs out there and when you're like, oof, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it. It's been so hard. This event fell through, but it's just little wins and, 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 and small steps forward that keep the machinery going. Sometimes we're waiting for that big you know, make or break opportunity, but those only come a few times in our lives. It's the power of the big wins, right? And celebrating them, marking them in your body, just like we were talking about before that we sometimes have to do a little dance to shake off the imposter syndrome. Every time you get a little win, you know, even if it's something as small as, you know what? I took real advantage of my time today. Mark it in your body, give yourself a little pat on the back, do a little dance, do a little yes, so that that will activate a reward circuit in your mind. So diversification and being nimble with technology and then being relentless. And finally, I have to say as a, as, as a, as a third one, and I know I said two, but I'm adding a third, which is we thought as traditional media executives that it was TV, it was film, it was big documentaries. Now with the way the world is changing, you also have to realize, you know, how can I take my message to where people are, which now can mean Clubhouse or TikTok or Instagram, or maybe it's a TED Talk, you know, being a brand that is what I call here ago, like 360, right? It doesn't matter what the platform is. The message is what is important and reaching people where they are. By the way, congratulations too for being the top 100 in America. That's a big deal. America is a, a very big place. And what you're talking about is the when you're talking about, oh, we've had to pivot and diversify. Uh, mm-hmm. I did a, a little video not that long ago. I think it was just this week actually. The laws of cycles and rhythms that sometimes we can't control the events, what's going on outside of us but we can control how we think and how we react and respond to what's going on outside of us. And so I know that, and you know, it's, this is really important what you were sharing because I know there's been lots of business. I mean, we've just come out of a, a another lockdown uh, where businesses have had to either um, pivot, okay, so what can I do from here or change their strategy or some have gone completely opposite. So I really love that you shared that because I think that's really important. It's like, how can I continue to do what I'm doing? And it could be just maybe, you know, it's time to, like you said, I'm going to now spend time, my time and energy writing books because we obviously can't do, you know, the things that we used to do, but you're actually shifting gears so that you're still investing. Because I think with business, it's all about investing your time and energy um, 
to to keep it. It's like a plant, right? You've just got to constantly water your plant to uh, make sure that you feed it, nurture it so it grows and it stays alive. And business is the same. So I love the fact that you shared that. And I love just a thousand light bulbs went off in my head, like ding, 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 the word control. The word control is is actually my word for 2021 because I think it's been given a, a negative rep, you know, when you hear like a woman that knows what she wants and, you know, or like a, like a woman who's a good manager, you'll hear people say like, oh, she's so controlling, you know, or like it's even come to mean, you know, what authoritarian governments do is, right, they control media, They but control is really such a beautiful word. I love that it's also pronounced the same in Spanish, control, and it's exactly what you said. What are the things that are out of our control, like the world economy or the safety measures in our city, and then think about the things that are within your control, right? I mean, the the things that you dedicate your time and attention to, that's within your control. The negative environments, even online or on our Signal and WhatsApp chats, the, the, the negative group chats that we're a part of that we may want to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of this toxic environment anymore. The friends that we let into our lives, the shows that we watch, the food that we eat, what we feed our brain, all of that is within our control. So reclaim it. Absolutely. And I don't think control is a bad word at all. I think that it's when you do have control, because sometimes we waste, well, there's research out there that shows that we waste on, you know, anything between 95 to 99% of our time worrying about the things that we have no control over. And all that does, that leaves us in a state of panic, a state of being reactive as an individual, where if we focus on the things that we can control, like you said, the food, the way that we think, the way that we feel, if we focus on that, imagine how much more powerful we would be, how much more energy we would have, as well as how much more um, composed we would come across because we are in control. Absolutely. Mm. So you've achieved so much in your adventurous journey. How does one get exactly what they deserve? What would you say to someone? How can you get exactly what you deserve? Mm. I think it all boils down to, honestly, what you think you deserve. Going back to imposter syndrome, it is, it is we who sabotage ourselves. It is we who don't dream big enough. You know, so many times we set our dreams based on our circumstances, based on the limitations that surround us, other people in our lives. And I see this so much with women, you know, talking to a lot of young women, when you ask them, well, what's your dream? And, you know, they'll say things to me like, well, you know, I'm going out with Bobby and he's going to probably propose in a couple of years and then we're likely to have children. So I'm not going to take that big promotion that I'm up for because you know, with the kids, like it's going to be very complicated. And I always tell them like, Bobby hasn't even proposed to you yet. You're already limiting your dreams and what you deserve based on his needs, his limitations and something that he's supposedly going to do. So I think especially for women, getting what you deserve means really stemming it from your mind. What do you think you deserve? However big you'll dream, 
that is perfectly attainable if you start conjuring it up in your mind, visualizing it every day and taking small steps towards that because then that will become the frequency in your mind. That's what you will attract from the universe. I'm a very firm believer in that. Whatever energy you put out there is the energy you receive. So if you put energy out there and what you think you deserve based on circumstances, limitations, other people, their expectations, their opinions of you, that's what you're going to get in return. Oh, I so believe in that. I really believe that what you think and what you feel, it's like we're a magnet. We're going to attract, whether positive or negative, whatever that is, we are going to attract those experiences over and over again. So what you're saying is to be whatever you want to be, no matter what it is, to be conscious about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're projecting, some of those limiting beliefs as a way to a attract what you deserve. Absolutely. You, mm. will, you, you will get what you deserve and, it, and it'll be as big and as beautiful as you dream it, but it can also be as small, right? And as limited as you, as you dream it as well. So I, I do believe we're a, we're a huge just energy source and it all starts with how, how much you think you deserve. And in that regard, Catherine, I have to say that I think we probably attracted each other mm. for this interview. Yes, I, I, I always say there is no such thing as coincidences. Uh, everything is planned in an orderly manner. Yeah. So Mariana, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? Positive. Positive, of course. And the last question that we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is what would be three shiny golden nuggets or three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Okay, so as the woman of inspiration, I want to thank you, Catherine, for inspiring me and all your listeners for sending out those positive ripple effects that will transform the lives of other women. If I had to leave you ladies with three nuggets, they would be number one, put yourself first. That doesn't mean you're egotistical. That doesn't mean that you're narcissistic. You can't save others if you are not at your strongest, at your most beautiful, at your smartest. So always, always, always put yourself first, especially put yourself before any guy, please. Number two, as we spoke about, get to know yourself. You are the love of your life. Get to know what you love, how you learn things, what inspires you, and think those big dreams for yourself because you can certainly make them a reality. But in order to do that, get to know yourself, spend time with yourself. And three, also going back to my story, help another woman. You know, the, the, the change that we need in this world can be brought about by women who support other women. Uh, you will leave a legacy and that's when you really begin to give back and put, put your best self out there. Mm, thank you so much. I like all three and I resonate with all three. So Mariana, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Excuse me. <coughs> so it's at Mariana 
M-A-R-I-A-N-A, and then my last name, Atencio, A-T-E-N-C-I-O, at Mariana Atencio. That's my handle on Instagram. I'm very active on there. I already started following you, Catherine. And try, I try to respond to every DM that I get. I try. Uh, so send me a DM if you have any questions, if you need inspiration, or you can follow on there for positive content. And it's the same on Facebook and Twitter, TikTok. I'm always out there. And I know it was not a coincidence that we met today, Catherine, and that you, dear listener, are hearing my voice now. Así que muchas gracias. Oh, thank you so much. I just got goosebumps again. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your time, your energy and your wealth of wisdom. I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out and uh, you're such an inspirational human being. So thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Catherine. And, and send my love to that Venezolano with you over there. I will. I will. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katrinplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.